Succession Season 2, Episode 9, DC is over, but we are just getting started here on Bo Show Recaps. Hello, everybody. I am Josh Wiggler, and I, full disclosure, having a full-on panic attack right now. As, Hi. As I am so, so nervous uh, for, for Roman Roy, for the blood sacrifice, for all of the things that are happening on Succession right now. But I am thrilled to death, Emily Fox, that you are here on this podcast after a one-week yadis. Yeah, I'm happy to be back. Thank you for having me, Emily. How was how was your how was your break from the world of podcasting? It was like your first break from the world of podcasting in like four months. It feels like yeah, you've been on a real tear. Um. I'm not going to lie. It feels a little strange sitting in front of a mic where I'm like, okay, do I know the episode well enough? Can I recap it this way? Hey, you've got two episodes that you got to take into account because we don't know your takes on Dundee. (laughs) No? You say no? Really instilling confidence in the listener. No, I was feeling nervous. I don't want (laughs) to... Don't blindside me. That's not what we're here for. Oh my God. Well, we'll get a little bit of your takes on Dundee. I'm not letting you escape without talking about L to the OG. I know that you really thought that you were in the clear, but we have to discuss it. Um, As a great fan of rap... I have a lot of feelings about it. I, I do as well. I'm still, uh, honestly, I, I don't know. Uh, it kind of like broke my brain that so much happened here in this penultimate episode of season two. And yet I am still thinking about Kendall Roy taking the stage in Dundee and just wrapping his face off. He took something. All right. He took something. All right. Um, we are talking about DC primarily. Uh, we are talking about your feedback. We've got a lot of it here to dig into in this episode of the podcast. We are recording this very late on a Tuesday night. These days, Emily Fox working a full nine to five and then works like a five to ten so you like get you like wake <laughs> I, I, up yeah i did both of my jobs today <laughs> and so now you're going it's like 10 30 at night and so apologies if we're a little shorter on this podcast than usual because we're gonna need to get to sleep yeah <laughs> it's been a long day give me a sip of your non-alcoholic beer please <laughs> yes i am currently drinking a non-alcoholic beer shout out to athletic brewing company not a sponsor but a fan of that beer if you are somebody who is not drinking currently but you still like the taste of beer this is my beverage of choice so i've got myself uh, a non-alcoholic ipa run wild is what it's called uh much like succession itself is running wild Mm -hmm. free and clear like a wild horse like a wild horse sprinting galloping even uh towards the finish line here in season two of succession emily what are your thoughts on where we are just give me like a gut check of how you're feeling as this show is barreling towards its conclusion um, can I swear for a second? Yeah, I mean, especially if like you give a warning. I've been dropping f bombs without any heads up uh, recently, and I've been like retroactively feeling like anxious and guilty about it. So let's just say up front, there may be some f bombs deployed over the course of this podcast. And if you have little ones, like if you're Dama Body and your child is in the back of your car, uh, there's no manscaped ads coming your way, but there may be some swears. So viewers be or listeners be advised. <laughs> okay, well, no curse. I feel like shit is really hitting the fan right Oh, that now. wasn't so bad. You could have just said it. <laughs> I know. Half of the time, it's not even edited out of TV shows anymore. So wh- who am I? I don't know. Nothing's going to get edited out of an, of an HBO show. Uh, we watched Oz this summer, Em. They, yeah, they and hung then you, and then pretty you literally fiercely. told Beatty Wong as I shook his hand at the Mr. That Robot I was a premiere. huge fan of Oz. Yeah, I did say <laughs> and this. He was like, "Oh, that's a story. I need to go talk to someone else now that's on this a, press line." <laughs> this story for another Lovely time. to meet you," said horrified Beatty Wong. But Emily shit, shouldn't have name dropped any other TV shit show. Or has hit body of work. The fan. Let's get on track here. We need to talk about Succession, Fox. Okay, so I tell me, guess. tell me what your thoughts on on where we are in season two are right now. Um, it's not looking great for Tom. <laughs> 
<laughs> it feels like he's about to go through a buzzsaw. It's not looking great for cousin Greg. I think he's incredibly compromised in this moment. It's not looking particularly good for any of the other Roy children in terms of what's happening to the company um, at large. And I would venture a guess to say in particular, Roman seems incredibly, uh, I don't know, compromised in terms of uh, just surviving the night. Yeah, just literally surviving. Yeah. Like there's a cliffhanger currently on Succession right now is like, is Roman Roy going to get shot yeah. Uh, is an odd place to be with succession right now. Yeah. Um, I don't know for people who, who do or do not watch the previews uh, after an episode of succession, I guess right now I will not say one way or the other, but the preview does uh, suggest an outcome. What if it's a flashback? What if it's a flashback? Uh, we will, we'll, an we'll, alternate universe. I think it's gonna be hard for us not to talk about the preview for this podcast during this podcast, rather. So if that is something that you don't want to hear about, uh, maybe tune out of this podcast because I think it's just gonna be too tough to talk about the Roman situation without talking about what the what the preview for next week appears to be. But I mean, basically, in in essence, where we are right now is the cruise thing has reached its boiling point. There was going to be um, a witness who could not be bought. There was going to be a whistleblower. Um, there was going to be somebody who was going to step forward. Sounds so familiar in I real mean, life. I mean, we are in... We're, <laughs> it's really definitely uh, an art imitating life in a very HBO eerie way. HBO did a really good job with the press predicting the future of um, reality. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, this was kind of like uh, when, uh, when Handmaid's Tale was really firing on all cylinders in its first season or two. Um, this was like the kind of thing where like something would happen on Handmaid's Tale and then in real life something would happen that was like very, very eerily close to what was happening on the show. Or I guess the show was like eerily close yeah, to what was, was happening in real life rather. Sorry, again, it's late. Things uh, have been bad for only four years. It's just been four years. <laughs> Before these four years, everything has been fantastic. Um, so it's just, it's it's pretty wild. But the, yeah, like the, the Roy's go to Washington. It's not great. There's some public meltdowns. It's very bad for Tom. Tom like disavowing knowing who Greg is publicly. Uh, Which the, is something you literally can argue back at and say absolutely you are 100% lying yeah. I mean it's 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 hilarious it's very funny it's just like no don't lie about this stuff it's the wrong thing you to lie about do that. wrong thing to lie about but I mean it's just classic Tom where like when push comes to shove he's just he's so craven and he just doesn't know what to do and so he's just he just like you know locks up uh, and he's starting to realize he's the patsy he's the patsy uh, but he doesn't do such a great job. Logan's not doing such a great job. His faculties just seem to be really, really fraying at a certain point. He seems like he's not even able to speak. He like uh, throws his son under the bus. He's sitting next to Kendall. Meanwhile, Kendall's still like feeling that big L to the OG energy uh, that he is uh, his public uh, his public appearances have vastly improved Emily since the season two premiere. Yeah. You know, whatever stage fright he had. <laughs> he has a little more color in his face. Maybe it's from the drugs. It may be. I don't know what it's from, but the way that he speaks during the panel is fairly impressive. It seems like uh, it's received very well by by Fisher Stevens and Jerry and everybody <laughs> on the other side of the TV. Uh, and Logan seems pretty happy with Kendall as well uh potentially the major mvp is shiv who is able to go to the woman who is going to step forward and testify and effectively convince her not to uh and basically say like i want to take down the bastards who you want to take down i want to i want to completely dismantle it and do this right 
Uh, and the woman says, can I trust you? And she says, absolutely not. You also can't... You What you can trust is that I want what's best for me. You can also trust that that's what these people want. They want what's best for them. And you just need to figure out what's best for you. And we kind of just like yada yada it pass the decision. Needs to be like decision. a Venn diagram of what overlaps and is worth going after we together. Move, <laughs> we move past the decision and it would appear that uh, that she has chosen uh, not coming forward. It seems to be the, the best thing. But it, it buys them some time. Um, but Logan still feels like they are in danger and uh, the episode ends with not just the Roman cliffhanger but the idea that a blood sacrifice must be paid. Um, yeah, so where is that blood coming from? That is the that is the, the key question. It is uh, the blood is flowing through the veins of our feedback which we will use to guide us through our discussion of succession at this point. Uh, if it was not uh, if it was not so late at night, we would do like the the beat by beat, like full down breakdown of the episode. But we're just crunched on time. This is literally like the only time of week that we're going to be able to do this podcast. Uh, so well, uh, you can't make a tomlet without breaking without a few breaking Gregs. a few Gregs. Uh, Zach Brooks writes in and says you can't make a tomlet without breaking a few Gregs or at least some Greg substitutes. Some, <laughs> I appreciate the some, uh, some Greg replacers. Full- <laughs> Fully encompassing those of us who can and cannot eat eggs. Yes. Uh, or Greg. Ooh, no, <laughs> yeah. Well, we try not to eat yeah. Greg's if we if we yeah. can avoid it. Stay away from those. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a it's a very uh, delicate situation that we're in by the end of the episode. And you should be very concerned for your faves. Your problematic faves are all in danger. Uh, much like uh, much like uh, uh, Demi Moore in Ghost. She's in danger <laughs> as well. You in danger, girl. Um, I think, you know, we hear Shiv say that poignant um, speech of like, I'm looking out for myself. They're looking out for what's best for them. I mean, we can essentially apply that sort of mentality to literally every character on this show. Right. So what's Greg going to do? Yeah, I think that that I think he has to look out for himself in this. And he has more of a moral compass if it's not a little bit more fragmented from working for, uh, you know, Waystar for as long as he has. But, you know, he has seemed to have chosen the dark side of things, you know, going against his grandfather, right? Yeah, I mean, well, that's the problem is, like, he may have already made his choice, and, like, Greg has been named in this congressional hearing. Uh, Tom has been put on on blast oh, in this so congressional do think, meeting. Do you think Greg's the, the blood sacrifice? You know, I'll, I'll tell you that. that's a really messed up, <laughs> fucked up thing. If his grandfather says, don't you dare, my brother is going to destroy you. And like, he's like, you know, scum of the earth. Right. Gregory. <laughs> Gregory. Greg still his, goes. His preference. So, yeah. I'm going by Gregory now. Yeah. Um, he, you know, distrusts or, you know, disregards his grandfather's advice and hangs out with the fun uncle only for the fun uncle to absolutely betray him. It would be horrible. I think that might be the move. Well, I didn't think about this very hard until just now. I bet you that's what happened. So here, here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to go through the feedback. We'll talk through the episode that way. We'll just talk generally about where we are in succession. And then I'd like to end the podcast with like locking in some finale predictions. Okay. Uh, locking in Sorry, predictions. Sorry, I jumped for the, the gun. No, you're totally fine. Uh, locking in predictions for, for each character uh, and, and just like putting that... Putting that in writing. What are you doing? You're like flexing. Oh, I wanted to see if my deodorant worked. <laughs> um, I worked a really long day and it's a new deodorant. 
it mm-hmm. worked out pretty well. You know, I've I've got a deodorant that I could sell you, but we don't want to. We're not sponsored uh, by. Uh, yeah, let's wait for them to come to us by, with that sweet by, sweet by this, by this week. Um, all right, so let's get into the feedback. Let's start off with uh, the the man who filled out your shoes so well last week. Dom Abadi was our co-host on the Succession podcast last week. Thank you again, Dom. We would love to get Dom back on the podcast once Succession wraps up season two. Dom wrote in and said. This episode moved way too fast. Uh, (laughs) The only thing worth discussing is next week's blood sacrifice. I'm truly upset by this, as it will most likely be Kendall or Tom. But wouldn't this be an appropriate time for Logan to just sacrifice himself for the good of the company Mm. and his family? Um, So... This is why I think we need to be talking with the context of the preview. Okay. Um, so again, if you didn't watch the preview... Disconnect now. Dis- disconnect. Disavow. Bail out. Um, but the preview makes it seem like there's going to be a lot of scrambling as to who the blood sacrifice is. But there is only one head on the silver platter that will really satisfy. Uh, and it, it seems at least the way that the preview is structured... Um, that Logan may need to like reach that point of like, is he willing to lop his own head off for the good of the land? My bet is no, <laughs> I would guess. I mean, like, yeah. yeah, it would be. I mean, Dom, you say, wouldn't this be an appropriate time for Logan to sacrifice himself for the good of the company and his family? Absolutely. But is that Logan Roy? That's not the Logan Roy that I've been watching for the past, you know, almost two full seasons at this point. Um, so it's hard for me to imagine Brian Cox's character having like the temerity to make a move like that. This is a self-preservationist. I don't think that he would willingly sell one of his flesh and blood children down the river. Um, I think when he's talking about a blood sacrifice, he means somebody in the family. Um, It would be very hard for me to imagine him, uh, you know, basically deciding to like kill Kendall, for instance, but I don't think that he's going to let himself die either. No, no. I think um, it's (laughs) I think it would be one thing if Logan was like suddenly, I don't know, got a call from his doctor who was like, you have a terminal disease. You like need to step down. But even I think then, even I then yeah. He probably would fight it. I mean, he basically has, you know. I mean, yeah. You're dying of old. You're old. You're so old. You're peeing on the carpet. And he's like, I will outlive all of you. Um, I don't know. So I don't know. Uh, I I think you're right. Absolutely, Dom. It would be appropriate for him to do this. I just don't see him doing it. I mean, um, we all know what the right thing to do is. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ishe Marciano had written in and said, if you're Logan Roy, which of the three kids impressed you the most this week? So big showing. I love that there's not even the fourth child mentioned. <laughs> I know. And I was going to say that, like, maybe Connor would have, uh, you know, Connor seemed like to have impressed a politician or somebody's like, yeah, we're part of the con. We're part of the con men. Or whatever the name was uh, for yeah. people who are like team conhead conheads. That's right. Uh, conmen doesn't have a great connotation, so I think conheads <laughs> is probably a little bit better. Um, how great is it in like those shots of like the hearing when Kendall's just like going all the way in, and you see Connor in the background just like fist pumping? Yeah, it's embarrassing, these, but these I idiots. would expect nothing less. These idiots, these morons. Um, 
I mean, listen, there's a there's a lot to chew on. And again, this is Dom who who raises the the three different like points of valor for the kids. Dom says, was Roman the hero by saving the deal at the hostage investment conference? Was Kendall the hero for dodging bullets for daddy? Was Shiv the hero for talking the woman off the ledge? Uh, there's three different stories here. Uh, and just to put a finer point on it. Roman is sent off to Turkey to deal with Edward and see if he can get the, the, you know, if he can shore up enough private capital to take Waystar fully private, dodge the shareholder crisis, uh, and all of this goes away. And they now have money to, with which to operate independently. Seems like Roman is able to get the, you know, the interested parties very interested, if not for the fact that a freaking hostage crisis occurs and there's like a military coup that's going on there. Again, just like, oh, timing on some of this stuff. Um, but like, we don't know what the resolution of that is going to be. I would say a point in Roman's favor for the fact that like he doesn't have a full on panic attack. Uh, like he's definitely like not cool with what's going like on, but I felt like cooler. he was he was more he was much more collected in this situation than I ever would have imagined him to be. I don't know. What if these are all just tests that uh, Logan keeps creating, where he's like, whoever gets through all of this will be the one. He he's my father. That was my father's voice. Was it uh, a little bit? Um, no, it didn't sound tired enough. <laughs> kids, oh, um, I'm so tired. Oh, uh, but he 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 he. he orchestrated uh, a, a military coup in order to test Roman. I don't think well, I'm there's starting any to wonder. I'm starting to wonder if the reason why he had kids was to create like small soldiers to go do his dirty work for him. I think it's about <laughs> legacy. It's an arrogance thing. And, you know, he's going to have enough money that he doesn't have to do any of the actual parenting. But like, isn't it cool to have a bunch of cars if you're a rich person? Isn't it cool to have a bunch of tiny little humans? You know, I think that that's probably the idea um, coming from Logan. It's, you know, very sociopathic. But I don't think that like he like signed on because uh, I don't think he had kids because he wanted to be an exceptional father. It doesn't yeah. seem like that was ever really in his interests. It's true. But I think with Logan, I think that like all season long, he has been like, trying to push the kids. He's been trying to sharpen them a little bit. Like with Kendall, he's like still like uh, trying to mold his like zombified form into something more closely resembling a right hand man with Shiv, at least for a time he was exploring the possibility that she could be the legitimate successor. Cause she was like the cleanest of anybody and very shrewd and smart in her own right, but overplayed her hand. And with Roman, like we've been a little bit in the dark of like what it is. He actually thinks Roman can do but he has been like giving Roman like opportunities to prove himself. And this was a big opportunity to prove himself. And assuming Roman doesn't get shot and this <laughs> is a preview spoiler, he's on the yacht that we see with the full family. So Roman's at least not going to die in this hostage crisis. He's going to get <laughs> out of it. Say the same for like his, some of the guys he brought with him though. Dave, like Dave, the bodyguard. Dave. I think Dave's dead. Yeah. Dave. <laughs> I feel bad for Dave. He was brought out of the room early. Early. For everybody else. Early. Early, Did you early. see that guy that was like sleeping on a settee the whole time? Was he sleeping or just freaking out? Or maybe he was. <laughs> I, I missed that. Uh. It's like an old man in like a jacket lying down on the couch near them. So they're just like <laughs> talking and every once in a while you look and you see him in the back. No. No, I missed Imagine it. Imagine being that guy as an extra. <laughs> this whole thing was a nightmare. I would be, I mean, I would be in a uh, full on panic attack mode like Carl. You would have been like, I have diarrhea. I yeah, I would have go. soiled myself <laughs> for sure. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Even if I didn't have to go. 
I would have gone, <laughs> I would have went anyway. No, I'm sure you'd find a way. I probably would have had to go anyway. Yeah, they would have um, been like, oh God. Yeah, it would have been terrible. Keep but it together. But to Ishe's question of which of the three kids probably impressed Logan the most, I think that you take Roman out of it just because he doesn't know what Roman did yet, right? So I think you can cross a line through yeah. Roman's name. Yeah. And also, I could see Logan spinning it as like, there, there. We've all been through something like that. Yeah, we've all like been not held even at, realizing how serious it was or not caring. We've all been held at gunpoint and uh, like uh, the midst of a military coup in a foreign land. Uh, I don't think so. You not don't know really. what it was like as a child in Scotland. In Dundee. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think it's a toss up between Ken and Shiv. And I think that like Shiv gets private credit, but Ken was on TV. Yeah. So he... And he tends to be the one that stands out more. And he's a boy. Yeah. Right? He's just so. he's just recognized more by Logan. So I think... Just a fact. Yeah. I think the number one boy, I think, uh, for me, probably comes out on top from Logan's perspective. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that given everything that Kendall has been through, I was impressed uh, by the fact that he was able to pull it together the way that he pulled it together. Um, but uh, what Shiv was able to do as well, I thought that that was a, a pretty powerful moment. Um, from from her and like one of her her most like skillful moments uh, in a in a season where um you know she's been on edge or yeah she's, she's been, been firing on all cylinders and you're like whoa 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 hold some of the cards in your hand still yeah like this is like a high pressure moment this is a do or die situation like she has that line to Rhea in the car where she's like uh, for you like your entire life isn't on the line this is my entire life on the line like this is my family I got to go and do something about it she yeah. steps in and she shows up so well you know you recall me saying probably three weeks ago now that if you combined all the kids together they'd be one great leader you know we like see them all um be able to sort of handle these really intense situations in ways that are pretty phenomenal given the stakes and circumstances and if you combine them all together i think they'd probably be pretty great a pretty great successor except for i don't know get connor out of there yeah he doesn't count yeah he doesn't count I mean, he, he rocks a beard better than anybody else in the family. It's a pretty ferocious beard. I just have beard envy. Do you think he like hyper brushes his beard? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just like, uh, I don't know how that would work. You like you put your beard into um, a Vitamix. Uh, that feels like <laughs> that way. Lies don't try a, this at home. Why uh, is a disaster? All right. Next, next comment. Um, yeah. So this is sticking with Ishe who says Shiv seemed to be honest in her conversation with the witness. But while thinking about it later, there's no way that the Shiv we know was even even slightly honest. So I rewatched that scene and I'm seriously bum puzzled. What's your take? Either way, it was a brilliantly acted scene. And we do you have a take on this. Do you think that when Shiv is talking to the witness and being like, I want to gut the bad guys. I want to reform this whole thing. I'm like you. Uh, I want to, I want to root out the system. Um, and you can trust that that's what I want because it's what's best for me, but you have to figure out what's best for you, but we can work together. Like, do you fully buy that? Are there asterisks baked into what she is trying to I sell think, here? I think, of course, there are asterisks. Um, I don't think she's lying when she is pretty straightforward in saying that she's interested in her own, you know, sort of protections behind all of this and her own interest. Um, the thing I think sort of resonates is that this is something that people and politicians especially say, but don't necessarily 
want to pursue at least to the extent that a victim would want it done. Right. Like someone's going to take the fall for it. Guess what? It's Mo and he's dead. So that's probably going to be the extent of it. And then Greg or Tom or someone else is going to be sort of the, the living target, right? She could well and good do some, you know, work here and there and, and sort of try to come out on the right side, but it's all about PR and sort of spinning the story. And I highly, highly doubt that the victim will be um, nearly as satisfied with the outcome this way. But this is one of those things where it's like you're you're gambling, right? You're trying to see what she will accept, um, what cards to play. You know, I don't know why it keeps going back to poker, but like, you know, Shiv's not going to show her her whole hand. That doesn't make sense for Shiv. Shiv's way too strategic and cares more about her family and protecting the wealth and status and power of them than probably hearing this woman out. Because as much as Shiv wants to say that she you know, is a liberal and progressive and, you know, wants to do good in the world. Like she still reverts back to being the little girl who is fighting for her father's attention and wants to do right by him. So that's really what this comes down to. I think, you know, there are probably a lot of instances in people's lives where you think you are like morally centered and have all the right answers. And then something really close to home happens and you handle it a lot differently than you thought you would if it was something completely different. Does yeah. that make sense? No, it does. I think so. Yeah. Um, that was pretty powerful too. And yeah. she like says to the witness where she's like, you'll forever be known as the person who narked. And like, even if this is the truth, even if like, and I, and I believe you, um, there will be people in the world who do not. There will be many people in the world who do not. And when your obituary is written, this will be the first sentence and the last sentence. Um, it's horrible. That's a pretty messed up thing to say to somebody. It's horrible, but it's, it's not necessarily wrong. I mean, in this, yeah. And that's horrible. And like, we'd like to think that those things are changing um, in real world, you know, stuff that's happening. But a lot of the time, you know, it's not going to take like five years of like the Me Too movement for people's lifelong understandings or notions of things to change. Change happens very slowly. So I don't know. I think she's spinning bullshit into gold, which she's incredibly good at doing when she needs to. And this woman, unfortunately, is sort of falling victim to Shiv as much as she has to Mo. Uh, Dave Baker writes in, which was more inspiring, Roman's speech on the soccer field or Kendall's rap? Uh, which which one do you like better when, when Roman... Gives the big go wow. hearts speech. Uh, a team when a team is a team, you can't be you can't beat that. Like that's unbeatable. I uh, actually or think L to the OG. Which one wins for you? If it just trying to get you to weigh in I on hate L to the this. OG. I hate the. What's rap. your problem with the rap? The rap is such an earworm. It's but such it's a bop. So cringeworthy. Oh, no, it's so good. But I will, I will have to say it's probably more inspiring than Roman's speech. Yeah, it's super inspiring. I probably inspired millions of other little millionaire billionaire boys who are very painfully <laughs> under their father's thumb and probably white and extraordinarily privileged yeah. to perhaps write a rap about their dad someday. I don't know, like. It could be a big genre. I feel like there's a lot there. Dad rap. 
uh where it's, where it's like just like uh young adult sons like large adult sons uh <laughs> who have your favorite nickname yeah, for yourself yeah like my large adult sons uh who are who are uh complaining about their fathers in hip hop form i feel like uh but like white wealthy ones uh i feel like is a is a genre that uh where your dad certain, your dad paid for the stage you're standing yeah, on yeah yeah in certain circles i think that that's really popular uh i feel like succession is like going to popularize that i i forgot to get into i apologize to everybody in the normal rap community that I, would have to put up with that i didn't i didn't really get into it with dom just because like i was still like reeling from the fact that the rap existed you've gleaned so many lines from it and just like you know repurpose them every day it's crazy but what i was what i've been thinking thinking is like i can imagine a world where like i feel like if it happened the show would have provided groundwork for it which is kendall could eventually say screw this i'm done i'm not going to do what my father tells me to do anymore and his way out of the darkness is by just like dropping a smoke bomb and bailing on waystar completely and deciding that he should have an illustrious rap career. I don't think that this is... I know that sounds ridiculous, but I think that track has been laid should the show want to go there. The first time you ever see Kendall Roy, he is rapping to himself in the backseat of his town car. I mean, that's true. Uh, he's, he's, you know, trying to fit in with the artsy-fartsy people later on in season one. He's, like, trying to connect. He wants to be cool. He wants to be seen as hip. Uh, there's the scene earlier in this very season uh, when he's with Naomi, when they all go to uh, Turnhaven to to woo the Pierces. Uh, Kendall is talking with Naomi in the helicopter and saying, like, just take the money. What if you could just be done with all of this and just have the money? And then Kendall goes up on stage, crushes L to the OG. Uh, and ma- crush. Uh, yes. p- being absolutely awesome and Ugh. stellar and just absolutely shredding it on stage publicly in a public so form and annihilating it and just like really hitting your marks and uh, totally having your bars and your grooves and everything completely <laughs> in sync. Um, that's how I would d- d- define crushing it in, uh, in, Are in you this, a music critic? You're really good at in this, this. Uh, in this, in this current moment. Um, what if Kendall is like, you know what? Um, actually dad. Yeah. So um, I'm actually, uh, I'm going to, I'm just going to quit the company and uh, fuck you. And I'm going to be a hip hop guy now. Like, I feel like you could see that scene. Like, that makes sense. But then no one's going to go to his shows. I'll go. And he'll be because I pay people to go. Yeah, uh, he probably would pay people to go. You know, he's probably still going down like the, the K-hole or whatever, you know, uh, oh, dr- whatever, whatever. That doesn't sound good. I mean, that's like kind of who he is right now. Like, I think like he continues like going further and further down uh, the drug spiral if this is the direction it goes. I think he should a- he should be like a manager of a rapper. I don't think that it's like terribly maybe li- like cut his teeth on like a lower level thing before just being the star. I don't think that it's like terribly. What li- if he joined a rap group? <laughs> yeah, that could be good. Like Wu-Tang. Or yeah, something. that could be great uh ken wa was what roman oh says. my god that's what roman that's says right. ken wa kendall with attitude Ugh. uh i feel like uh it's not likely emily but i don't think it's impossible and i think that should the show choose to go in that direction it would not be a what complete if, side swipe i feel like season three there's gonna be like a rapper um cameo because of this very likely like snoop is gonna but walk here, by the, the one of the shows that you and i love so much billions right like we adore that show we yes. enjoy watching that show very much and one of billions strengths is like they keep a lot of the same main characters but they often shift their roles and their allegiances and who's fighting who and who's teaming up with who what 
alliances are unexpected and delightful. Uh, they, do, they also have guest so chefs. So I'm thinking guest rappers for Succession <laughs> but, uh, season three. But, I, but like, what if, what if uh, Succession is, is going to really shuffle the deck in that regard? What if uh, like in season three, it's, uh, you know, Kendall is like going like he's more of the court jester in the way that Roman currently is. And Roman becomes the more serious son. Uh, is there something like that that could be in the cards? I could definitely see that happening. It's not that makes uh, sense. completely impossible. Uh, Jackie Tomeyer writes in and says, uh, if Logan doesn't lie to Rhea, would she have still resigned? Did Logan make a rare misplay? Yeah, Rhea Jarrell. She was CEO for a minute. Yeah, quite literally. She really called the shot on that one. She's like, oh, yeah, let's prop up Rhea right now because a shitstorm is coming and somebody needs to weather that. And uh it seems like that's it for Holly Hunter on Succession. It seems super embarrassing for Rhea as a person. Can you imagine being fired from Pierce, like the Pierce family, thinking that you've got this in the bag and then you're like become CEO and immediately leave? That's so embarrassing. It's fairly embarrassing. She probably has a lot of money, though. I'd probably take a really long vacation and then move somewhere where no one knew me. Ultimately, if she chooses, uh, her life could be fine. Uh, but if she chooses to just like double down on, it's gonna be a things, lot of therapy for her. I think you know, there's just, I don't feel that bad for Rhea Drill. I don't either. If I'm being quite honest, um, but I've I've loved Holly Hunter on this show, but I do think that this show has um a tendency to like if you're not core cast, if you're not core crew, I uh not not always like goodbye, but certainly see you later. Uh, and, and perhaps we shall see you again, but probably not regularly. So I'm not expecting that we are going to see, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect to see Rhea in the finale. I would think that that's probably a, uh, a curtain call yeah. for Holly Hunter on season two. Um, Dom also writes in, he says, where was Marsha? Where was Marsha? Where's Marsha? What's she up to? What's Marcy doing? Uh, she was at home waiting for shit to hit the fan. Hiding in the shadows. Uh, for Rhea to leave, mm-hmm. and then she'll probably punish Logan for it. Yeah, very likely. Do uh, you think we'll get some sort of major Marcy bomb in the finale? Or is that moment, I'm if it ever comes... I'm fighting for a divorce. Oh, wow, you're Marcy. Been practicing this? No. Yeah, it was really good. Guys, I'm pretty good at accents. You're very, you're very good at impressions. This is, you're very good impressionist. You're just a little shy. Shy Ronnie over here. <laughs> uh, doesn't want to... <laughs> no one in the back can hear you. Uh, maybe Shy Ronnie uh, could go on tour with Ken. That would be a pretty good combo. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. Uh, Dr. Amanda writes in, what's worse, having $5 million or being married to a man with two assholes? Uh, these are the polls that we're talking about with Greg and Tom, of course, where Greg has given up $250 million or something like that. Uh, uh, in terms of inheritance, uh, to to uh, he's currently like no matter what, like he's like oh no matter what, I'm gonna get five million dollars. My mom says, and, and everyone's like, wow, like you're shamed. like yeah, you're like the the hunchback of Notre Dame of millionaires of rich people. Like you're the lowest man on the totem pole. You're the dingleberry of Ichabod rich people. Ichabod shame. Ichabod shamed. Um, and then Tom is described as uh, one of the people I forget who says to Shiv while Tom is on blast. Uh, says, what's it like to be married to a man with two assholes? Uh, which is pretty funny. Uh, yeah, what's what's worse right now, being Greg or being Tom? Seems like it's pretty bad for both of them. Yeah, I prefer Greg any day, though. I think I could make the five mil work. I think we could make the five mil work. Um, yeah. Oh, am I not involved? <laughs> I'm not invited. I thought that I could just slide that in there and be like, hey, let me just hitch my wagon to whatever Fox is cooking up because that seems good to me. Um, 
Stop trying to breathe this foxygen over here. You know, whoa, God, Emily, very good. Um, this late night energy, it's just it's coursing, Guys, coursing through I've the been podcast. For so long, I know. I've been doing all the. You're things. doing fantastic. We're, get, we're getting closer to the end. Uh, so we we've the Greg and Tom dynamic has always been really really wonderful, but right now it's at like its tensest place where Greg realizes how much danger he might be in, and he comes into the room after Tom. Has uh has left the testimony and like Tom is very shell shocked uh and Greg just like oh and he's like I'm gonna go to jail for this freaking guy like my life is gonna be over for freaking Tom uh, and then uh, Logan banishes him to the other room uh so the last we've seen of Greg it was a it was a very sad Greg indeed we usually don't see Greg and Tom visibly that upset in the company of others so I think it really speaks to the level of how freaked out both of them are yeah. Um, Fitzy had asked us, what was the best slash worst part of Tom's testimony? Uh, was it him trying to pretend to not know how Greg, who Greg is? Because uh, that was just so awkward with Greg sitting right behind him. <laughs> There's amazing facial acting by Nicholas Braun this episode. Just in the reaction, so uncomfortable. Um, is there a moment from the testimony that really stands out to you or just like the totality of the thing? Well, he's just so obviously lying. I don't know how else to put it and to just completely disregard Greg as a person. And then for them to be like, you've sent Greg this many emails about the Tomlet. I mean, come on. Yeah. What did you expect? Digital discovery is no joke, people. Yeah. (laughs) Just know this now coming from a person that was literally in a lawsuit. Don't write anything down. You don't want them to find. You know what? I really enjoyed... Uh, you know what I liked the most about it? I think I've got my answer. Okay, yeah. Please I think, do that. I think my answer is definitely the you can't you can't make a tomlet without breaking a few Gregs, but like the context with which it's delivered. It's it's uh, it like a subject. Well, yeah, it's it's an it's an email. <laughs> um, but the but the information is presented to us through Gil Evis, who is such a serious guy. Gil Beavis. Gil Beavis is like the is is like the most serious person. Uh, you know, there's uh, there's some dry wit there, but he is very dry. Mm. Uh, and indeed, and I think the way that he uh, the way that he he reads that email out, and so it's like sort of like you know how we've talked about how succession can sometimes be very serious, but also it can be deeply funny, and like it's kind of got this tonal sweet spot in the fact that like it is both comedy and drama. This felt like this very like uncanny valley level collision of the comedy and the stakes colliding uh, of uh, of someone as with so much gravitas as presidential candidate Gil Evis saying you can't break a tomlet with you can't make a tomlet without breaking a few Gregs was just like really punctuating <laughs> how absurdly stupid and ridiculous these characters are. Well, didn't he send it to Greg multiple times yeah, too? Through the through the night. That's the silliest the period of time where all the documents were very obviously being shredded it was great to like get the perspective of like what an awful human being like a tom wams gams uh might feel like in a congressional testimony like that um when you have uh the benefit of like knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that he's guilty right you know what i mean like in real life you can only suppose and you could you could you could really suppose with I mean, some with some yeah, people. It depends, some people it's like pretty nakedly obvious. Yeah. Like you're you're a crook. 
you've committed you've committed crimes. Is my dad in here? You did a crime. You did a crime <laughs> for sure, hundred percent. Like I don't need to like I like I know that you did a crime. I don't need to have seen you do the crime to know that you did a crime. And also, I've seen you do a crime. Um, <laughs> but with with Tom, like we've seen him do the crimes. We you know we're we're invited into the perspectives of these characters, so we know what their actions are, and we know that they have done criminal yeah. actions. It doesn't allow <laughs> so. for you to really sit and hear out both sides. I think you know, <laughs> right. in reality, you're just kind of like, like, is this a slow burn or a fast but, fast fire? But it, but but like it helps you like appreciate like when like Tom is like vibrating with like awkward I've been had energy. Uh, it's you know it just it it makes it like both like. I don't want to see anything terrible happen to Tom because that means there's, you know, not as much Tom on my television and that would be a nightmare. But at the same time, I want to see awful things happen to Tom because he deserves it. Yeah. Um, they all do. Most of them do. Well, I kind of want to see how Shiv handles it. I do as well. Um, Sarah writes in, uh, Sarah says, first of all, you guys are kind of the reason why I wanted to start watching Succession with that preview review of season one, to be quite honest. So thank you very much, she says. You're thank welcome. you, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you. You are one of the 11 uh, listening to us right now. We are thrilled <laughs> to have you on. Lucky board. number 11. 11. Lucky number 11. Uh, Sarah wrote a couple of questions. Let's go with this one. Uh, she writes in, does Logan have a weakness? I feel like his weakness might be his relationship with his partners. Logan is more than okay with compromising when dealing with women in his life, as in his wife, his wives slash lovers. We saw this in his dealing with Marsha in the start of season one. I feel like we see this with Rhea as well. He's protecting her for this hearing. More than okay with her not pressuring the witness with Shiv. I think Logan has a soft heart when it comes to who he loves. That's interesting. I never, I mean, we don't really know what the, um, what his relationship was like with, with Ken, Shiv, and Roman's mother when they were married, when they were like allegedly happy. We know now that like he's pretty callous towards her as an ex wife. Yeah. Um, but with Marcy, like we've never seen him like scream at Marcy. We've seen him scream around Marcy, I think, when like he's like screaming bloody murder and he just needs her help. But he does have like a dependency on, um, the lovers in his life does seem to be like, uh, you know, one of Logan's soft parts. Well, they have to do the emotional labor for him. That's really what it comes down to. Even though I think Marcy can come off as being extraordinarily cold, but I think that's supposed to be part of the mystique, right? Is she calculating? Is she not talking to his kids on purpose because they're all trying to weave their way into the, into the wealth or, or, you know, the power of it all or, is she simply so exhausted from having to deal with just Logan's, you know, giant ego and persona that she doesn't have time to handle anybody else except for her like biological son. Yeah. All right. Let's do this. Emily Fox. Let's get into some final predictions. Let's get into uh, the falling action of this podcast as we are rising up towards the season two finale. And let's, let's talk blood sacrifice. Okay, so this episode ends with Logan telling Shiv that they haven't given up enough. It's time for a blood sacrifice. And there are a lot of people who are saying like, oh, who could the blood sacrifice be? What's at stake here? Which skull is going to get collected and sacrificed to the gods that be? And for me, there's no doubt in my mind that it's Tom. Like, like for me, like it was this was not like a moment that was... um. Like, a, it's a big moment, but I didn't feel like there was a lot of doubt in terms of who Logan was talking about. He's looking at Shiv and saying, like, it's time to, to cash in. Like, it's time to pay up. Tom Wamsgams has to has to take the but hit here. And that's the blood sacrifice. Don't you think she's going to swoop in and be like, I just clean up this like huge, huge mess? 
And how dare you do this to me? Maybe she may say that. She may say that. And Logan may say, yeah, but your husband's a buffoon and you can always get another one. It's not like you have kids That's with this true. man. Um, and we have seen time and time again, Shiv not really care about Tom when push comes to shove. She only seems to care about Tom insofar as he provides her with emotional support. Uh, and then she goes, but dad, I'm pregnant. I don't know. It wouldn't be with Tom's kid, I don't think. Yeah, it'd so. probably be with that actor. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't seem like it. Um, so for me, the blood sacrifice in Logan's mind is Tom would be my bet. And like the tension is, will Shiv comply? Um, yeah. And like I could see it going a couple of ways. Uh, but other people are wondering, like, could it be one of the kids? Is Logan talking about like, is it time to like offer up Kendall? I think after the way that Kendall just performed publicly, I don't think Logan is incentivized to uh, sacrifice him. And I also think like as bad of a person as he is, he's not going to like actually like throw one of his kids in the fire. No, I don't think it makes sense to. It's not yet. No. My question is, what actually happens? Is it like a fine? Is it a slap on the wrist? Is it jail time? Yeah, it could be any one of those things. You know, if the the stuff is as bad as it seems like, and if they like tailor a situation, if they like try to like go like maximum impact on a single individual, then yeah, like they could throw the freaking book. What if they kill Bob? Oh, man. That's the literal blood sacrifice. Like they actually kill somebody? Yeah, they kill Bob. Uh, Fitzy had asked us, no one's (laughs) going to die in this episode, right? Like that's not the kind of show this is. Or is it? He asks. I don't think so. I love how Bob showed up. I think if someone's capable of death, it would be Logan uh, because he's like so close to the edge right now. I guess this is a show where people have died. The finale last year, a waiter passed away. Um, oh, of course. We can't forget Mo. Yeah, uh, never forget. Uh, maybe we should. Maybe we should. Uh, but like, is there going to be a murder? Is somebody going to murder someone? That seems unlikely to me. I don't know. Like, like an actual murder? Jerry has to be the assassin. Uh, that'd be sweet. That'd be cool. I'd be down for that. Um, the more interesting question for me is, it, right now is less about like who's the blood sacrifice. And, and more it, about playing the game Fuck, Mary Kill. Right. No. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, FM Jerry and kill anyone who stands in my way. Uh, that's my answer. That's um, a great answer. That's kind of how I feel, too. Um, I, I feel like the... The question for me is less about like, who's it going to be? I think in Logan's mind, it's Tom and more. Will the blood sacrifice have to come into play or will other circumstances arise to prevent it? Um, or will Logan's health finally catch up with him and uh, knock him out in a way where like this question becomes irrelevant? Um, it was another question that Fitzy had asked us. Plant the flag. Is Logan still head of Waystar Royco at the end of the finale? And I would say... Maybe, but I would also uh, I would I would I would say rather than like give you an answer to that question. I know you want me to plant the flag. My my flag plants down on the side that the season ends with Logan in a very bad way, a uh, very bad way star. He may still be the head of Waystar because like he could slip into a coma and no decision has been made yet. Um, but I think that Logan began the season um, with such a fire and, and brimstone attitude and ready for war. Uh, and I feel like he's conjured one. He got it. And I, and I think that like the, the connect it back to the start of the season, um, you know, the way that season one began with Logan was him like, you know, being like an old man peeing on the floor and being very physically weak. 
and by the end of the season, he has his son in a bear hug and he's won the fight. I think we're going to get the opposite for Logan this year. I think things are not going to go well for him in the finale. Well, on that note, tune in on October 13th (laughs) to find out. All right. Really quick hit final predictions. So that's my prediction for Logan. You've got a Logan prediction. I tend to agree with everything you just said. Um, Kendall prediction. Official Kendall prediction. I'll lock in rap career. He's embarking. Naomi and I are running away. Yeah, so uh, we're going to leave. We're going to get out of this, and uh, that's the deal. And um, yeah, so basically, uh, I quit the company. Uh, I think <laughs> that that could be where Kendall is going. Uh, yeah. Roman, he survives. Survives and is on a yacht. What more could we ask for? Here's Maybe my Roman prediction. Cold open. Jerry. Cold open in the finale. Roman pulls a John McClane and just uh, completely dismantles the hostage situation. <laughs> Takes off the shoes, crawling through the vents. He's got that Home Alone DNA coursing through his veins wow. anyway. wow. Pulling him up. He goes full Kevin McAllister. This is Revenge of Fuller uh, talking about this wedding the bed. This is a great bed. SNL skit. <laughs> so, this is a really good SNL skit. I think skit. That that's where we're going to go. Uh, the Rise of the Roman Empire for season three. Oh my God. Uh, for Shiv. Um, Shiv and Tom. This is I'll, I'll pair my predictions with them. Splitsville. Uh, or on the way out at the very least. Uh, as much as I hate to see it because I don't know how that impacts Tom moving forward. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think that she has some really important and critical decisions to make. Yeah, obviously. And I think it's some are within her reach and some are way beyond. Um, Greg, Ooh. what's going to happen with Greg? Give me a prediction. I, th- for I Greg. feel like he's just going to get snuffed out. Oh, God. Way possible. Oh, God. Oh, like his grandfather's God. pissed. And now his uncle's oh, going to be pissed. Oh, man. And his mom oh, was no. already pissed. No. Just hold down a job. No. no. God. Yeah. And then Connor, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care either. He'll be in the finale. He'll have a good beard. He'll have some stupid thing to say about running for president. Maybe the play will bankrupt him. I hope so. That could be fun. Um, all right. Well, we are getting dangerously close to the end of the line here. I feel like this season flew. It really did. Went real fast. Uh, we've got one episode of Succession Season 2 left. We will be back next week to talk about it. I'm sure then we will have some post-season coverage as well. We've had a lot of fun conversations along the way that we would like to close the loop on. Yes. Uh, maybe talk to some other people. Um, so the Succession coverage is not quite finished one episode left in the season and still some podcasting to go make sure you are subscribed to the podcast post slash succession uh, is how you find us on Apple but you can find us on your podcast app of choice send us your feedback tweet at us I'm at round Howard Emily is at emlet you can't make an emlet without an m in the word emlet uh, uh sorry that, that wasn't was really great bad. i know I, it was bad uh make sure you're tweeting at post show recaps as well hashtag bs recaps uh you can use our feedback form postshowrecaps.com slash feedback as well we will be back midweek next week talking about the season finale once we've had a little bit of time to process the events Hit us up with your predictions. Hit up, hit us up with your reactions to the finale. And we will be back very soon talking about it all. Until then, take care, everybody. Take Good- care. Bye. Bye. Hopefully everything works out for great. Oh.